Yo, what's happening? John Fitch here. John Fitch knows nothing on a beautiful January evening. It's freaking 2024, guys. 2024. I saw a meme uh, the other day on the Instagrams. It wasn't fact-checked. A lot of them get fact-checked, at least on my channel. They all get fact-checked on my channel. The funniest ones get fact-checked for some reason. But it said that if Back to the Future happened today, Marty McFly would go back in time to 1994. The fuck? <laughs> what the hell? I'm trying to make myself uh, play more ukulele because I miss it. And I forgot a lot of songs and chords and shit. And I'm not happy about that. I put a lot of time and effort in. You know, I had 10 good songs down. And now mm, my hand gets tired even trying to play some of them. But uh, I got a nice, this is one of my Christmas gifts. All right, Coach Fitch. And now it's, uh, uh, you see the back here. It's the, the Sudden Impact logo. Thank you guys for Wayne, the Sudden Impact gym. If you're in the Fort Wayne area, check them out. They're good peoples. There you go. Pretty boy, glory. I did get the mug. I got it. It's nice. I got, um, yeah, Floodland, mind blown. That's insanity. We, we, I think when I was a kid, like thinking how, oh my God, he went way back in time. Like, <laughs> oh man. It's like, he went back to watch the Power Rangers. So we're in today. But we're going to do deep dive. Um, Part three, post UFC career, man. Uh, the Christmas special pretty much was part one. And that was, uh, yeah, pre-UFC. And then I think I got into some of the UFC. I can't remember. But there's some juicy tidbits. I need to have Peter. If you're watching and you see this, Peter, uh, there's a lot of gems in the part two. I think we can make a lot of reels that go uh, viral with some of the stuff that I said. I got fired up at the end too <laughs> around around the legal trt stuff too um but yeah we're gonna have a good show tonight guys we're gonna have a good one classy Deep dive, deep dive. <clears throat> After the uh, heartbreaking Damian Maya loss, I uh, that I was, you know, under the weather. Oh, I hit the wrong button. 
I was feeling sick that fight. I should have pulled out of the fight. Uh, I did not. I thought I could one punch him. I got cut. I got cut anyways. What I was trying to avoid getting into trouble, I was afraid to do what was best for me in my career, which was pull out of the fight. I got cut anyways. So UFC got what they wanted. They got rid of a very annoying guy who not would not bend over for them. I did not care. It's like, who care? You're the promoter. So what? Dependent, the, the title should be independent. Ranking should be independent. Like, I didn't care about UFC. It was never my goal to, like, really get after it and, and be a UFC fighter. I wanted to be an MMA champion, MMA fighter. And um, they were just another promotion. There were a lot of options at the time starting out. And um, they were just one of them. And I did get to go to UFC, and I did I did very well. But they didn't like uh, my attitude. I would not get on my knees for them. I did not. I did not see them as a superior ever. I did not ever think they were my boss. Right? They are a promoter. I'm the fighter. They work for me. They're supposed to promote me. That was always my viewpoint. That was always the way I looked at it. And I, I did not understand, um, you know, why a lot of other guys acted the way they did. It was really weird to me, you know. I think uh, it's kind of like the uh, I don't know if you guys watched you guys watched Cat Williams interview recently, where he's talking about the comedian Cabal. <laughs> like I don't think it's far off with uh, MMA either, and I, and maybe every industry, everything is like that. It's not about actual merit it's about jerking off the right person i said it you know i have a hard time enjoying anything out of hollywood <laughs> these days because i'm just like oh this is a good movie but they probably had to suck somebody's wiener to get the role so mm, i don't know if i enjoy it as much you know i, I just uh uh I don't know. Maybe we'll get into more anime or cartoons or something where <laughs> the cartoons Scooby-Doo isn't, isn't bending over for anybody. I love, I love uh cat Williams. Fitness ninja. Uh, but let's get into it. So this is the first time in my career after being uh, let go from the UFC, my contract, right? I uh, had eight wins. I lost a fight of the night decision to GSP, the uh, the the goat. I think he's the best ever, pound for pound, best ever. He's number one for me. Um, lost to him. I go on to win five more fights, five more fights against super tough guys that were meant to beat me, guys that uh, had hardly ever been finished or never been finished before they, they, when they fought me. Uh, guys that didn't have very big names, though. So when I fought them, people just expected me to to walk through them and and smash them and get highlight victory, whatever. But when I didn't, like, I don't know, I was a bad guy. But um, yeah, then I had the BJ Penn fight and wasn't good. The uh, Johnny Hendricks fight even worse. Eric Silva fight, bounced back, looking good. And then uh, I had a good camp for the Maya fight. And I, I think I would have performed well. But, yeah, I got super sick that Wednesday. Get let go. As soon as um, 
I got let go. I think I was spiraling, spiraling a little bit, right? I was spiraling. Uh, make sure I got the thing right here, right? Yeah, you can see the two, the two reds, the two reds. The only time there's two reds together, the whole career, a lot of greens. There's the two reds. And it was the Berkman rematch. You know, I thought this was going to be not an easy fight, but um, I, I did think I would smash him. I did think I would smash him and beat him in the first round. I thought I would take him down, beat him up, and uh, make, you know, a quick night of it. And I think I had, the you know, the wrong mindset because the mindset wasn't <laughs> focused on Josh Berkman. It wasn't focused on that fight. It was focused on the UFC. It was focused on showing them and proving them wrong, and 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 it's just the, the wrong focus. wasn't wasn't paying attention to the guy in front of me. I was paying attention to stuff behind him, and you can't do that. You can't you can't uh, you can't do that. You can't look past or through an opponent. You have to focus on what's right in front of you, and that's anything in life. Anything in life that you have, it's not just a fight. You have lots of opponents in your life, okay? And if you keep looking past those opponents, you're not going to perform well. You're not going to, you're not going to do the things you need to, to defeat that opponent in the way you need to. Um, I get into the fight. Uh, we had a little bit of an exchange and then I shot in on a high crotch and I felt him sink the choke pretty quickly. I didn't even think about defending the choke. I was just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick up and slam. I'm going to slam my way out of this choke because I'm I'm proving everybody wrong for me being let go or whatever. Pick him up, choke gets tighter, and then um, my legs gave out. I didn't even lose consciousness until I hit the ground. Uh, I was like, why am I going down? <laughs> why, why am I falling? And uh, I wake up, and um, it was not good. Yeah, I got choked out pretty bad. They gave, it was a Mazzagati that the ref, they gave him a hard time because I went out hard for a minute and he didn't didn't say anything like berkman had to let go of me uh but like i, I i'm good at defending chokes and i tell every referee before the fight like hey man i'm really good at getting out of chokes don't worry about me if i'm in a deep choke if it looks like i'm going out or whatever just let it go i'm fine i'll be all right and uh you know that because that was one of the things i would do sometimes so i would bait guys with, with chokes like here go ahead and take take the choke because I, I knew how to position myself and defend so it didn't bother me. And uh, they would blow their arms out. You know, I did this a lot with uh, in the, the Diego Sanchez fight. I did it multiple times. I let him, let him wrap up a few chokes in, in order just to gas him out because I knew he wasn't going to get the position and finish. Uh, with the Berkman fight, 40, 41 seconds. It was fast. And, um, man, and that, that was shitty. That sucked because it gave um, a lot of people power to just write me off altogether. And then, oh yeah, he's done. UFC was right. He was a fluke or whatever the shit. And uh, uh, push, push, push me out out of the way, out of the out of the top ten talks, all that stuff. <clears throat> so then, bouncing back from the uh, Berkman loss, I go to. Um, the Alfaya fight, Marcelo Alfaya. Alfaya was a big dude. He came in over overweight, 
right? He didn't make weight. So he was, he was, you know, taking a little bit of a size advantage <laughs> by, by not making weight, but whatever, took a little bit of his purse for that. Um, the problem in that fight was that I, um, I popped a rib two weeks before the fight. I popped a rib and it wasn't debilitating, but it was pretty bad. It was still pretty bad. And I was uh, a little bit of a slow start in that fight. And there was a time where he got to my back and got the body triangle. And I was just like hanging out there for a minute. Cause I was like, man, if I fight hard out of this position, there's a good chance I pop my rib worse <laughs> and then I'm done. So, um, I was, I was a little tentative. I was scared. I was scared to like really go hard. But then once I realized that I was kind of warmed up and, um, it was fine, it was on, it was on and it was a good fight. It was a good fight. He put on a, a, a good performance. I, I, I definitely believe uh, I, I beat him. I beat him uh, handedly. You know, he got tired. He slowed down. I kept I kept turning the pace up. I landed a lot of punches on our feet, landed some good stuff on the ground. Uh, I didn't really take any damage at all. Um, I lost some positional battles, but uh, I got out of those positions. So it was, it was a good, solid win. But the biggest thing that I, I learned – at that fight, right? At that fight, during the um, the check-ins, you know, you, you get there the day, uh, like the media day, and you have the weigh-ins and stuff, and you have to go and, and stand at the table, and you could talk to the commission. And the commission talks to you about your medical stuff, your insurance stuff, all of those things. You have to go through the process of checking in for your fight, right? In this process, Berkman is fighting on that card too. <laughs> uh, I think he was fighting uh, for the title. Um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he was fighting too. And when we're at the table and they're doing the medical, whatever stuff, and they're asking questions, commissions, commissions asking questions, I see the commission holding a medical exemption stuff and they're asking him about it and talking to him about it. I'm, I'm like, I just lost to the guy and I'm like, Oh my God, he's been on TRT. That's why he's come back from, from the shadows and now he's winning fights and he was able to perform as well as he did as I, as, as he did with the fight with me. He, he was on the sauce that really got into my head. I got really into my head and really bo started bothering me because I started realizing that you know, maybe, uh, maybe Hendrix, maybe GSP, maybe, uh, all of these other guys were doing the same thing. How many guys, because at the time we thought maybe it was Dan, we, we rumors where it was just like Dan Henderson and some of the older guys. Um, but there was one point where uh, I remember when war machine, war machine came forward and made a video and he's like, guys, it's like with this therapeutic exemption thing, it's awesome because all you got to do is you take a little bit and you go off and your testosterone levels will drop. And then you, go to the doctor and you'd be like, Hey man, my test is low. I, I, I need, I'm hypergenodal or whatever the crap. And then, um, the doc would give you an exemption and, and give you a prescription for, for the drugs. And then, uh, some people, so, you know, I think he also said it was kind of, but you know, he's like, that's stupid though too, though. Cause why let him even know? <laughs> so I, at that time, like in that time period, that, that fight where I fight, um, if I, uh, I learned, 
about Alfaya, I learned and had my eyes opened up to the fact that a lot of these guys are using this loophole to use testosterone. And I'm thinking, man, I, um, I'm taking a huge pay cut. I was making, I think, 70 and 70, around 70 and 70 for the uh, Maia fight, right? And I get cut and I get signed to, um, I signed a WSOF <clears throat> to fight Berkman and I'm only making like 20 something and some, whatever, 20, 20 and 20 or 30, something like that. Uh, it was around the 20 to 30 and 30 range. So I, I had to, uh, I had to win to make less than I would have to lose in the UFC. And I'm thinking to myself, man, it's like all these guys are making so much more money by cheating. And I'm out here like doing things the right way and doing my best and standing up for myself and whatever. And, and that really started getting to me because I was struggling financially. We had, I bought a new uh, home, a second home. Um, I was still a little bit under on the first home because I bought that before the 2008 crash. And, and um, man, uh, yeah, recovering from the uh, recovering from the vegan thing too, Floodland. Like I recovered most. I recovered from the vegan thing before the um, Eric Silva fight because I started lifting again. I developed my Fit Smash lifting program, the one I'm still using today, the one I have with Gumroad. Right, if you guys go and check the. Description below, you go to the gum road. I got my fishing program. I developed that before that fight, and I was able to build my mass back up before that fight. Right. <clears throat> so that that was something that got into my head, and I started thinking about a lot. And um and I and I'm talking to other fighters. You know, I moved to Vegas at the at that time. Um so I'm renting out both properties and then renting it, you know, I'm renting out two properties and I'm living in a place in Vegas and renting that place. So, you know, uh, money wasn't, wasn't great. Things weren't awesome. <laughs> and, uh, I'm making way less money fighting for WSOF than I was for UFC. And I'm fighting considerably less. You WSOF is only fighting me once every, every nine months where before I was consistently fighting three times a year three times a year at, at more than twice the money. That, that was a huge shift in my ability to be able to train and, and take care of my family and do everything I needed to. And then I see this guy that I, I beat before pretty handedly beats me in the first round. He's on therapeutic testosterone exemption. My eyes open up and I start thinking about who else is all on these things, you know, you know, why is Hendricks and some of these guys just knocking everybody out? I was like, well, maybe it's testosterone that, that they're using and nobody else is on. Maybe the people they're beating so easily don't have the stuff. And then I start running all these scenarios in my head, right? And um, I get set up a fight with, see, you go from October, next fight is July. So I fight in October. I don't fight again until July. And I'm not making that much money fighting for WSOF. Now, um, Dennis Hallman, he, he comes in and he's, he's too heavy, right? He calls me the night before, uh, the thing be like, Hey man, like I need the money. <laughs> like, 
like, I can't make the weight. I'm not going to make the weight. I'm not going to try. What do you say? We ask them to move it up to 185. Um, that way I keep my percentage and you don't have to cut weight because I'm not going to cut weight. <laughs> and it, and it would have been an advantage for him for me to, uh, go through that process and cut all that weight and then show up to fight. And he's like, mm, I'm 185 today. <laughs> it, it would have given him a little bit of advantage. And I also start thinking in the back of my head, maybe he's not making weight because he's juiced up. Maybe he's got a therapeutic exemption too, right? Paranoia is kind of setting in. <laughs> and I go out and I have a great performance. I have a great performance against Dennis Holman. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I beat him. I beat him pretty good, man. I beat him up pretty good. I ground and pounded him. I had, I, I had some forearm strikes where I had a lump. I had a lump on my forearm for like a while, maybe a year. Cause I was hit him so hard that I just like developed another little like bone or something on my arm. It wasn't like sore or hurt. It was just this, this weird lump. It, it's not there anymore. I don't feel it anymore, but it was like this big callus thing. And that was from repeatedly whacking him, right? That's right, Fitness Ninja. You guys, make sure you hit the like button down below. Smash it. Let's get the likes up. Then get the shares up, right? <clears throat> All righty, we got, we got four guys in the Rockfin. Thank you for being over at Rockfin and watching, guys. That, that helps out a lot, too. So the, uh, you know, we have the Berkman loss. I see the medical exemption. I, I, I uh, um, hurt my rib for a failure. He comes in huge. Uh, back of my head is too. Maybe he was, he was on something because he was so much bigger and overweight and couldn't make the weight. Hallman, same thing again. I'm starting to get paranoid and think all these guys are juiced up. Um, I'm in Vegas. I got different people around me and they're all like, man, what are you talking about? You've never been on testosterone. That's bullshit. Like they wouldn't believe me. Like none of the guys that I talked to in Vegas believed it. They would not believe it. And they're like, that's, that's crazy that you did that without this stuff. And then they, they gave me stuff. They gave me the testosterone. I'm not going to name who, um, but there was one individual who, who gave me stuff for free. And I, uh, I was like, screw it. Everybody else is doing it. Why do I need to take this huge pay cut? Why do I need to suffer? Why does my family have to suffer? Because I'm playing it straight. And this is the worst decision I've ever made. I lost, um, you know, I, I am pretty, pretty prideful in my integrity, what I think of my integrity and doing what's right and wrong. And I definitely did the wrong thing going into the Polaris fight. And... My thinking was Polaris was a known cheater. He had cheated before. He had been caught cheating before. Um, and he had also held on to submissions and things for far too long with, with training partners and people in competition. So I'm like, I'm going up against an, a known cheater in, a, in an environment that is rich and saturated with cheaters. I felt like all these other guys had armor on and I did not. And, um, I justified it. I rationalized it to myself that it was okay because of all these things that had happened, what everybody else was doing. And it was, it was seriously the worst 
It was the worst thing I've ever done. It's the worst decision I've ever made. I'm extremely uh, disappointed in myself still to this day for it. Fudland, thank you very much for the super chat. It says, with Polaris, you were ever like, why am I fighting this monster that only wants to destroy my knee? Well, and that was the thing, too, is like, I was like, why is WSOF allowing this guy even to compete? Like, why Why is this known cheater who hurts people and holds on to things and is not a good sportman? sportsman? Why is he being promoted into these positions? And, uh, you know, especially for the title. And I was just like, that's it's just weird. It was weird for, for that to happen. And, um, yeah, I, I went in and I had worked a lot on my stand-up for that fight. It was looking really good. Uh, one kicks Jim, Nick Blumgren, amazing coach, absolute amazing coach. Um, oh my God, I'm drawing, I'm drawing, I can't remember the uh, the Thai trainer. There's a Thai trainer, Luke, Luke, Luke Chang, Luke Chang. And um, he was a three time Lumpini stadium champion. He was, he was, uh, he would smoke weed and come in a little bit smelling like booze but like he was a great pad holder and he worked hard he worked so hard with me like it was great man he was a great person to uh um to train with i was really lucky to spend some time with with both of those guys and i um <clears throat> i didn't i didn't grapple much <laughs> right i'm fighting a a leg locker and i didn't grapple much you know why because my ass hurt my ass hurt from injecting steroids in my ass the the uh the testosterone injections were the freaking most painful thing I, I i can't understand how guys are able to do this i mean i i didn't really know what i was doing i didn't even know the milligrams or any of that stuff i just had got a bottle and he said take this much and put that in and i was okay um i guess there's ways to balance and make changes but i had no idea what was going on and 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 because of the pain in my ass like i couldn't I couldn't really grapple. I couldn't sit on my butt. It hurt. So uh, I um, I had a very much of a deficiency in my grappling for that fight. But I was just like, oh, he's not going to be able to take me down. And I'm just going to outstrike him because my striking was getting really good. Uh, and it started off really good in the fight. The big mistake, he shot a single leg. And instead of defending the single leg, I went for the neck stupid it was a big mistake i should have just uh focused on the um the wrestling defense shut down the leg attack first create space get back to the feet that would have been a much better a much better uh strategy than than going for the neck right there and you know i think if i would have spent more time grappling and more time wrestling I would have I would have maybe handled that better. But again, I think not being in the right place mentally and um trying lowering myself to the level of cheaters, because I think that was what everybody was doing, and it was the only way I was going to get back to making money. <clears throat> Super chat from uh Led Zepp. He said Fyrus. Z said you juiced your whole career. Thoughts? I don't care. I didn't even know who that guy was. Like, I've never seen him before. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't study like people's coaches or whatever. Um, but I don't know. I think he was just talking shit. 
because like yeah it just was something i was extremely against and i didn't even think it was useful because um in the 2000s guys were still doing steroids like bodybuilders and that was very very negative it was very anti-fighting it wasn't giving you the uh the results you needed to to be able to perform well you could tell the guys would get flushed they would get red um uh, big veins they would blow out to get tired very fast and uh just the guys who you knew who were juicing like always got beat up like you know they looked good but they didn't fight good it wasn't until the 2010s that all the stuff from balco came out and all the endurance athlete steroid use became knowledgeable public knowledge to everybody and people could see what lance armstrong was doing and and all these other guys who were were, were uh endurance athletes you know so they're building 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 muscle being strong and and maintaining the ability to uh to have that cardio it's a game changer you know <clears throat> Yep. And that was kind of the idea was, you know, I, I, I didn't think he'd had a great chin. And he, as long as I didn't take a big punch, I'd be able to, to pick at him and knock him out eventually. That was the idea with Polaris, but didn't go good. I got, I got tested. Um, I got popped because of title fights. So they always test, but you know, I was told by the person I was getting gear from that as long as you stayed within a certain ratio, you were fine because it was like one to three your your whatever testosterone to um um whatever the hell that thing is see like i'm not even i don't even know what it is i don't even I'm knowledgeable about what this crap is but as long as that rate ratio is right and vegas is like four to one it's like three to one in california so as long as you stay with that ratio they wouldn't test you if it was synthetic but if you popped over the ratio um but I, I guess I popped over the ratio. I was nine to one. And so they went to test in the second test. And that's why it took a while because it was two months after that they finally came back at me and said, hey, man, we found testosterone in your system. Biggest, biggest mistake in my life. <clears throat> and um, I got suspended for a little while, which did not help. <laughs> which did not help financially. Um Polaris held on to the to the leg lock too long. He held on to it too long. He did. And I had partial tears in everything in that knee, partial, so that I didn't need end up needing surgery. And the fact that um uh I did juice probably did help prevent that injury from being worse. But at, at the same time, if I wouldn't have, I probably wouldn't have been in the situation in the first place. So it's not a very good excuse at all. Uh, so I, I sit out, I, I collect my thoughts, I sulk, I beat myself up mentally, um, you know, to deal with the embarrassment of what happened. Although there were multiple other people who got popped right in the same time frame, And because of that, like not as my, 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 uh, infraction wasn't as big of a deal because i think anderson silva 
got popped at the same time, and then Nate Diaz had the the marijuana thing. So there was a lot of buzz other places. It wasn't just a focus on me. So I do my time. I do my time. I, I, I get back to myself. I get back to who I am. I get back to hard work. I get back to hard grappling. Um, I stay on the, the, uh, the hard training with the stand-up and in Vegas, and I get an opportunity to fight Yushin Okami. Yushin Okami was a monster. He was a monster, and he fought most of his career at uh, 185. He made his way down and cut down to uh, 170 in WSOF to fight me, and that could have been one of those things too where he got off the sauce and was able to come down to a, a lower weight class. And I, 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 I smashed him. I, I believe I smashed him, you know, I handled him on the standup. I out wrestled him. There's some times in the, in the fence where I, I almost got the hand behind the back and, um, you know, land some good strikes. It was a solid fight. It would have been nice to finish him, but like he's, He's a tough ass dude and um, was not able to get to where I wanted to in that fight. But I got back on track. I got back on track, uh, back to clean, back to be being me and just focused on winning, focused on fighting, not worrying about money so much anymore. Just just focused on performance, you know, just uh, not caring about the outside factors as much. Um, <clears throat> after that fight. I get the opportunity to fight for the vacant title uh, against Zhao Zeferino. Zhao was tough. Um, he came in to fight. He's, he's a good-sized welterweight. He, he might not look like it, but he was he was tall. He was he was long. He was strong. Um, I, I performed well in that fight. There was one moment I did a, like a, a spinning elbow off the fence, and I hit him, and I don't – I didn't realize how hard I, how bad I'd hurt him because you could, you could tell, you know, uh, you put a guy on skates a little bit. I didn't, I didn't notice it so much in, in that, um, in that moment, when you go back and you watch the video, you'll, you'll see that was the opportunity. I could have finished that fight, but I was not able to, uh, Zhao fought hard, but yeah. A combination of my stand-up and my wrestling was too much. And the, my fence work, good fence work. So right there, you're seeing the October for Okami and then April for Zephyrino. You see the gaps? You see how far apart these fights are? I'm, not, I'm making half as much as I was, less than half as much as I was in the UFC. And the fights are spaced way further apart. It, that Like being able to afford to train – makes a huge huge difference makes a huge difference like the haves and the have nots if, if you if you especially if you have a family and you can't afford to train properly you can't afford for daycare you can't afford for gas and stuff like that like that's it's like very difficult to train and be at the top of the game like how many how many guys are in the top nfl teams and and you know drive a beater car and can barely afford 
rent and can barely afford the food they need. Like that's not a thing. But we have that in MMA where somebody who's in the top 10, top 15 cannot afford to even live <laughs> and they got to train. They got to put money into train. It's wild. So after the um, Seferino fight, I'm the champ and I get the opportunity to fight Jake Shields, somebody who I trained with, a uh, guy who's been champ before other places. And, you know, Jake's super tough. I've spent a lot of mat time with him. I've competed with him a number of times. Uh, two grappling matches, you know, one and one in grappling, and then we had we got this fight. Again, though, it was April. We didn't fight till December, April 2016, and then we don't fight till December. So a large gap in between that. It was a New Year's, New York City, Madison Square Garden. It was great. It was a great fight. I won four of the rounds handedly. Um, there was one round where he got to a good position, and I was fighting hard to get up, and I was just like, man, it's going to take a lot of energy to get up. I was like, I could do that. Or, you know, I'm already, it's already three to one because it was the fourth round. It's already three to one. I was like, I'm going to do what other guys do to me. And I'm just going to hold his gloves in this position so he can't do anything. And then um, the round will be over and I'll, I'll win the last round and we'll get back to it. And that, uh, it worked. <laughs> it worked, which, which I don't like, but like, you know, if everybody else is doing it, <laughs> If you can, you can use that as a strategy. I decided to use it as a strategy in that moment. And I beat Jake, uh, Madison Square Garden, New Year's. That was great. I got to go out that night and uh, Randy Couture was around, I remember. And we had this, there was this rooftop party. We saw some fireworks. It was, a, it was a really great, it was a really great event, really great night. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of, a lot of fun that week. Um, I had um, started in. On a new diet, I guess the diet was before the Zeferino fight, right? <clears throat> I started my new diet, yeah, 2016. That's when I started uh, the the weight cut Bible, the the diet in that, the diet that um, is in my uh, meal plan in my Gum Road. If you go to the uh, thingy below, des description thingy below, go to Gum Road. But that's when I started that. So the weight cut was was good with Jake Shields. Um, then after the fight with Jake, we moved on to a uh, my second title defense. Okay, and so I win vacant belt against Seferino. I defend the, the the title against Shields. So I'm a, a real champ, defended the title, and then we go into the Brian Foster fight, and they sell to new ownership, new management, new people are running the business now. So they changed it to the Prof Professional Fighters League, which I kind of took as a personal FU because of all the stuff I'd been through with the UFC and we had already filed the lawsuit and I had given interview after interview after interview about how there are no leagues in MMA. That's not how it works. If, if anybody's telling you that they're using that they're a league that they're messing with you, they're trying to screw you over. They're trying to trick you because promotions are promotions. They're not leagues. It's not a league. You have to have a bunch of owners and a bunch of teams with a separate title for it to be a league. There's a whole rule set. There's there's a definition to league that MMA does not fit. 
And they said, hey, we're calling ourselves the Professional Fighter League. And I was like, you guys are fucking assholes. <laughs> you guys are assholes, absolute assholes. Like, what? The, who the hell do you think you are? Just may call yourself spaceships. Oh yeah, we this uh, our fight spaceship is the greatest fight spaceship ever. Like words have meanings. You're not a league. It's still not a league. Glory, the super chat. What's up, buddy? He says, "Don't steroids ruin your cardio?" G or TJ did the old EPO. Never getting tired sounds pretty cool. LOL. Uh, it's a different thing. Like bodybuilders who 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 live for mass and size, uh, football players who only have to go from the ball snap to the whistle. Uh, th those type of steroids are not fight steroids. But Lance Armstrong did testosterone. They did EPO and stuff too. But like it, it's a different way of doing them. You're not doing mass amounts of uh, testosterone to build huge muscle mass. You're not trying to put on size. What you're doing is you're actually, like they say, TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. You're replacing your, your hormone levels already. So you're keeping your hormone levels the same, but you're using synthetic testosterone now instead of fate, instead of natural testosterone. And that's rocket fuel. You're going from like, you know, your, your diesel fuel to, to rocket fuel. And that, that's where the big, um, the real big benefit comes from an, an, an endurance sport is because now you have this, this extra fuel, this extra power, this extra strength and explosivity without the extra, um, without the extra muscle mass holding you back and, and slowing you down. Right. And I, I'm not an expert on this stuff at all. So if you if you watch like the, the more plates more dates guy he'll he'll fill you in on stuff way more than I'll be able to. <clears throat> oh, I'll put this up here too. Coach Gloy says respectfully, you mauled Jake Shields. What a show, Coach! Thank you very much. I appreciate that. What is this? Alrighty. So yeah, they changed the change the name of the thing for PFL and they announced that they are doing a uh they're doing a tournament style over a year. And I'm I'm like that sucks. <laughs> it's like I'm I I'm in my th late 30s. Um, I've been fighting for a long time. I've established my name. People know who I am. They put my face on the marquee. They use my name to sell fights. I don't need to fight a tournament at this point in my career. I'm a champ. I want to fight twice a year for big money. That's it. Like, I don't, I don't want to fight a tournament every year. That's, that's something for a rookie. That's something for somebody who needs to build his name. That's not, it's not what I was looking for at all. Um, then we get to the fight. We get to the um, Brian Foster fight. I got. I've got a. Um, if you guys look, I have a uh, a video series of stuff from from that week, fight week. I did that with a number of my fights. I did fight week videos on the YouTube channel. If you go and look through, you'll see those things. But I uh, I have a fight week video of the Brian Foster fight stuff, uh, being in Daytona. 
<clears throat> we fought at a race car event on the infield and um it was interesting <laughs> because we get there right we get there and it's raining it's raining so the race gets canceled and the people there are kind of pissed because there's no race and they've been drinking all day <laughs> they've been drinking all day and then they're like we we just arrived to the racetrack. We have just gotten there. We had just walked into the tents they had for us outside to get ready for the fights. And they uh um Ray Cepho comes in and Ray Cepho's like, Hey guys, you gotta get ready. You gotta get ready. We're gonna fight. Like fights start in an hour. We we got we got 45 minutes or whatever. We got 45 minutes for the first fight. You guys gotta get ready now. <laughs> right? And we had we were supposed to have two maybe three hours before we were supposed to actually start before the first fight but they're like no we're we got to go now because the race is, is is suspended or canceled because of the rain and this is an outside event with rain on what they had was a a uh it wasn't it wasn't canvas right it wasn't fabric canvas it was like the the whatever the synthetic whatever. So it's being wet and people are slipping the whole night. I think one guy slipped and hurt his knee. So it was a very dangerous um, situation with guys fighting in that, in that condition, you know, with wet mat on a, on a slick surface. Um, they changed it to PFL. It's a it's a five round fight yet there's no belt on the line even though I'm still the champion. Oh no no you're still the PFL champion you're still the champ. They called me the champion. They said it was a championship fight and I was defending uh, the title, but like they had no belt to give anybody after the fight. So if Brian Foster would have won, like he just he just wouldn't have been the the champ or like I I completely confusing, totally and completely confusing, right? but they made us fight five rounds anyways. And I think they, they, they said it was a championship fight anyways, because um, they won five rounds. You know, I can't remember what year it was when the UFC started making guys do five rounds. Oh, I think it was 2011. Cause it was right. It was right after the GSP or right after my uh, BJ Penn fight, because it was supposed to be the BJ Penn fight, but they're like, Whoa, whoa BJ can't fight for five rounds against Fitch. So they made it three. We're going to, we'll do it in the next event. I think it was the very next event that they went five round main event non-title main event but um brian foster put up a good fight and those are the best fights and those are the fights that you can finish when the guy's going for broke when the guy goes for broke and he's he does everything he can to win like he, he threw big hard punches he cracked me once really good i got i got a big cut i got knocked down uh we kept fighting blah four scrambles a few times um i got to a position that he slipped and popped his head out of once and then we got back into that same position a second time. I was like, okay, here it's going to be. He's going to pop. He let him, I let him pop his head out, and then I, I did a short arm choke, right? Like the, the uh, announcers had no idea what I did. They, they didn't understand what I did. I've got uh, my technique videos on YouTube channel here. I've got that short arm choke um, somewhere. I, I explain what I do for that. And um, I finished and they, they didn't, the Rainy Couture is like, I, I don't know what he just did. Like, I think that was a bulldog choke. Like he, he had no idea. I called it a ninja choke, but somebody else has another version of a ninja choke, but it's just, it's just a short arm choke. 
he popped his head up. I got an angle. I pinned his arm up. I slipped under the, the, the chin here and started folding his head forward. And um, he had already almost started to tap before I had brought the other hand to it. And I got I got a nice finish. I got a nice finish. And I did a nice little funky dance afterwards. I had a nice little funky dance. And um, I was feeling it. I was feeling it. I was in the mo moment. They were playing the music. I was feeling good. <laughs> It was good. It was all good. And um, <coughs> there was no belt to be given, but it counted as a title defense. It's just weird. It's just weird scenario. I don't know. I wasn't happy about it. Um, the whole the whole situation. Um, and then they they sit my ass forever. They sit my ass forever because they were going to wait till the next year to start the tournament yet i had written into my contract that they had to offer me a fight every so often because i was tired of waiting nine months to fight i, I wanted to make sure i fought at least every six months and we got to the six month point i was like hey guys you owe me a fight you guys by contract owe me a fight and uh, whoever the new owner, whatever the guy was, gets on the phone with me. He's like, John, where are you going to go? Ugh. Like, just like, fuck you. Fuck the contract. I was like, do fighters going to do that? Do we, oh, yeah, I know what I signed. But, yeah, fuck you. What are you, what are you who are you going to have fight? Like, what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here, you fucking cocksucker. Whoever that guy was, you're a cocksucker. 100%. Where are you going to go? Fucking bitch. 100%, bitch. And um, like, like he owed me money for he had to give me the fight, pay me for a fight, right? Pay me the money for the fight that they failed to deliver, or let me go. And I told him on the phone, I was like, "Look, man, you got three options. You signed a contract. Give me a fight, <laughs> pay me, or cut me. Let me go." So, free agency. I I got I got let go less than a day picked up by Bellator. Thank you very much. These these scumbag promoters, man, scumbags, absolute scumbags. Like trying to pull some where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Get bitch. Shit pisses me off. This day it pisses me off. Where are you going to go? Like anywhere. Anywhere is going to pay me more than you pieces of shit. Fuck you. Fucking bastard. Sorry about the language. Getting fired up. <sighs> Getting fired up, man. These little skinny dorks. Then we get to Bellator. And Bellator, I got nothing bad to say about Bellator. Bellator treated me good. Scott Coker treated me good. They are fair. Um, I could have gotten um, fights more often, but, you know, I had a bigger name and they wanted me to fight bigger names. So not that big a deal. I fight Paul Daly first um, in May 2018. And I, I uh, was ready for the fight. I felt good for the fight. I fought really well. And the this, this shit with, with guys stalling and getting rewarded by being stood up. I take the guy down. He just holds on to my gloves. He's literally talking to the ref being like, come on, this is boring. Stand us up. Stand us up, chap. 
this is boring. Boo, boo. You, like you're stalling. You're not even trying to get up. You're not trying to sleep. You're not trying to submit. That You're not fighting. If you're not fighting and you're stopping the process and the progression of the fight, that's stalling. You should get a yellow card. You should get a yellow card. After two yellow cards, you get a red card, and part of your purse goes to the other guy. If the top guy is holding on and not throwing punches, if there's no action, there's no strikes, and there's no passing, cool. Throw the yellow card. Get the yellow card up. Get the yellow card. I'm, I'm 100% for it. And anybody who wants to say some shit about me holding on to people, whatever, the fuck you. Fuck you. Go through. Show me. Show me where I'm not actively punching and kneeing, elbowing, hammer fisting, forearm to the face, something to the, my opponent. I'm still one of the top 10 all-time significant strikes landed in the UFC. And I did it in less fights than everybody else in the top 10. So blow me. Blow me. Right? Boo! Boo! Govna! Stand us up, Govna! That's my, that's my English. A spot of tea. Stand us up. Some crumpets. Boo, is this what you want? Somebody laying on their back, holding on to gloves, begging to be stood up. Boo. <laughs> oh, man. And, uh, yeah, so I won, I won a decision. It was good. And um, the next fight was a huge opportunity. It was, it was, a, really, it was a real blessing. Rory McDonald, because they, they put me in the tournament. They put me in the tournament, right? They wanted to sell this tournament big time. This type of tournament, I, I didn't mind, right? Because it goes along kind of with your natural progression of fighting. You keep the belt after the tournament. It gives you oh, opportunity uh, for other guys to, 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 to win the belt. This type of tournament, um, no problem with. Uh, and I trained my ass off for this fight. I absolutely trained my ass off for this fight. Uh, I was ready. I did everything right. I ate right. I, I, I did, you know, I did the things I needed to do. I was prepared to be champ. This was my tournament to win. This was my million dollars to win. And I get out there and I win. I win this fight. I won this fight. I, I, every time I watch this back, there's no way guaranteed three to two. I could argue four to one. There is one instance where I get wobbled, right? Where I, I kind of lose my balance. Big John says it was from an elbow. It was not. If you watch from other angles, the elbow never landed. It hit me in the shoulder, right? What happened is I, I dropped to the single leg after the elbow. I shot in. I catch the elbow to the, the shoulder, to the neck. I dropped to the single leg. As I'm on the single leg, Rory kicks out. As he kicks out, his foot hits me, right? So I'm on. I'm a downed opponent. I'm a downed opponent who gets kicked in the head because he's kicking his foot out to get away. Now it's an incidental uh, contact to the head, but it was still it's still illegal. It's incidental, but it was illegal. So that knockdown, me getting wobbled in that moment, was an incidental illegal technique. You can watch it back, rewind it. That's what happened. That's why that happened. I got boom. I could see the I could see the stars. I went boom. 
everything went, and I like, I kind of just paused and I got like, okay, like nobody knows what happened. Nobody knows what just happened. Just chill. And I got up as slow as I could and I was fine. And I took one step back and I went, Ugh. I was like, oh shit. And then Rory saw that, that wobble and he ran, he ran forward to come and try to finish. <clears throat> couldn't though. He still couldn't, still couldn't get it done. I won that fight. I don't care what you say. You watch that back every single time. I win that fight at least three rounds to two. I still, I personally think there was four rounds to one. Four rounds to one, I won that fight. I got robbed. I got robbed, and that stole my soul, man. It, it was the last. That was the camel that broke my back. It really was. I did everything right. I did everything right, and and it was two judges, right? Two judges said it was a draw. Two judges scored it a draw. One judge said I won. In my opinion, that means I win the fight. Majority draw bullshit. Fuck you. If two judges can't do their goddamn job and pick a winner, the guy who says he wins, that's the guy. That's the thing. That's how it should go. That's how it should go. I'm sorry. That's the way it should be. I got jobbed. I got jobbed. That broke my heart. Because <sighs> I did everything right, man. I did it all right. I'm an old man at this time. Old old man by by this time. You know, it's 2019. I think it was like 40 by that time. I I I beat a guy who was 12 years younger than me. I won that fight. <clears throat> and I was I was mentally retired at that point. I was done. I was mentally done. I, I uh um I was just done because, you know, all, all that work, all that effort, all, all that everything, and to, uh, to just have it taken from you by something so dumb. And, you know, all, all the other crap, <laughs> all the other crap stacked up. That was the final straw. And they offered me the uh, the Gracie fight. And I was like, you know, they offered me the, um, um, uh, oh man, I can't believe it. Amazov, Amazov fight first, but it was like, it was like too short of a period of time to get ready for. And I was like, nah, man, he's, he's too good. He's going to be a champ. Like that's somebody you should fight a championship for. Um, like I said, I was like, my soul was defeated and I was kind of retired already. But I was like, well, if I fight Gracie, he's got a name. I can leverage that into uh, the next fight. It's a title fight. And I was like, there's still that carrot out there, that title. And if I can still put myself in a position to fight for titles, like, I got to go for it. So I had a pretty good training camp. I trained hard. Um, I, I, I definitely should have spent some time on the leg locks. I didn't. I didn't spend any time on the leg locks at all. Um, my whole thing was like, if, if, uh, you know, I'll be able to wrestle and staying a position, but I was going to stand. I just wanted to stand and bang, but my, my heart just wasn't in the fight. It just wasn't in the fight. My heart wasn't in the fight after everything, uh, that I'd been through, through my entire career, after everything that I went through with, uh, the, 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 uh, <clears throat> horror Rory fight, and, and, you know, it's just such a horrible feeling to like, just to, you feel like you did everything the way it needed to be done. And you still, you still didn't, um, 
you know, you still you still have outside things. Something outside prevents you from getting the thing you wanted. It sucks the wind out of you. And I'm not saying that's a good mindset at all. That's just where I was. You know, you really do have to to shrug that stuff off and, and say, fuck that stuff and, and not let it get to you. But I did. I did, man. I'm human. It, it got to me. It bothered me. The whole industry had gotten to me. Um, everything that had gone on with the Fighters Association and fighters, teammates, people who I thought were tough, strong people just bent over and took it in the ass from promoters. And it just, uh, my heart was broken. MMA broke my heart. MMA broke my heart, uh, you know, over a long period of time. But it really got broke during that Rory fight. And going into the Gracie fight, I, I did my best to suck it up and fight through heartbreak, <laughs> right? Tried to fight through heartbreak. But um, Gracie came in to fight, man. He was ready. He was prepared. He was, he was, he was on, you know, it wasn't like some kind of fluke or I'm terrible or, or he, you know, like, yeah, uh, <clears throat> nothing like that. He, he was a hundred percent, you know, prepared to do, to do work and do damage and, 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 and win that fight. And he was very surprising. He's really good uh, in scrambles. And uh, if he ever hears this, like you got to focus on forcing more scrambles, less, less, uh, looking for submissions from your back, like start looking to fight your way up to your feet and force scrambles because he's one of the only guys that I've ever fought that could scramble like a wrestler with the jujitsu. Like that's a huge thing and he doesn't use it enough. He really doesn't at all. And he made some, um, some sick slick transitions, you know, in, into scramble spots. And then he finally got into that, that spot with the leg and, um, if I could have kept my weight forward and kept standing, worked to push that leg down, I would have. I, I would have probably pulled out of that. I'm. I probably would have lost a decision in that fight though, because I was a step behind. I just the heart wasn't there, man. It just wasn't. I could feel it. I could feel it walking out to the ring. It just wasn't there. And um, you know, as soon as the fight, you know, was over, I shook his hand. I, I was happy that. Uh, you know, if I had to, I had to get sent on, sent on my way. I had to go out on my shield after a long ass career. I was happy that it was, it was to somebody like like him, like Neiman uh, and a Gracie. So I took the gloves off, put them down. Everybody was kind of shocked. Nobody, I hadn't told anybody that I was thinking about it or it was a possibility in any way. Not my coaches, not my ex-wife, not any anybody. Nobody knew. Um. But yeah, I was done, and I'm still done. <laughs> like, maybe if you gave me enough money, I'd uh, I'd fight bare knuckle. If you just because it sounds interesting and 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 raw and gnarly, and if you paid me six figures or or more, it would be interesting enough for me to want to go out and have some fun with it. But um, yeah done with MMA. It's just, it's not MMA anymore. It's not, it's not, it's pro wrestling. It's hundred percent pro wrestling. And, uh, 
I don't like pro wrestling. I really don't. I really don't like it at all. At all. I don't find any entertainment value in it at all. I find it very feminine and, and gay. Very, very, very much so. Um, no. Yeah. I don't I don't think it's cool or funny for grown men to watch soap operas for men. <laughs> it's just oh, blah, blah. yeah, that's what you should look like. <laughs> uh fight Jake Paul. I don't I don't have enough. I don't know if I have enough. I don't have enough sway. I don't have enough whatever. Uh, I'm not in the game in that way. Maybe if you guys hit the like button enough times or you push some stuff. <laughs> Fight Tristan Tate. <laughs> oh man, people want to put some money together. We can we can do something. But yeah, man, that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed that three-part series of the deep dive into my career. Um, I didn't prepare. I didn't prepare anything before telling you this stuff tonight, guys. I just knew that I had the starting point of post-UFC, which is the Berkman fight. Uh, I didn't think a lot about it. So, like, a lot of this stuff is just off the top of my head. So there's probably a lot more <laughs> stuff that I could I could think of and remember from those times too. Oh yeah, the Zephyrino fight. My dad had a heart attack <laughs> before that fight. Yeah, man, that was scary. He had a quadruple bypass. I remember uh <clears throat> man, yeah, it was tough. That was tough because I, I was stuck in Vegas because I had this fight coming up and uh, you know, my dad's fighting fighting for his life. And like I remember I remember having to take breaks from uh some sparring and grappling and stuff in the gym and going and uh crying in the bathroom <laughs> getting teary with thinking about it now but he's he's good he's doing good he's still good that was tough man that was that was a tough tough fight for a lot of reasons that weren't just about what was going on in the cage uh brandon hunter rule zero was on um uh Glenn, Glenn's sh channel, Glenn's channel. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that. That was fun kind of reliving and going through that stuff. I have, um, I have all of it written down. I had, I kept journals. I kept journals the whole time. Uh, Failing Upward, Death by Ego, Volume 1, is out and available. That's uh, stuff that is um, all um, pre-UFC, pretty much. I think I think I did the, uh, the tough tryout was like at the end of that, at the end of that, uh, um, into that book but um yeah i basically share the uh the journal entries and i write reflections on them I'm supposed to be working on i've been working on number two for like <laughs> five years but i don't know it's hard to make myself sit down and write especially because it didn't it didn't it's not like it sold a bunch or nothing and like i have a hard time motivating myself to do stuff if, if it hasn't like produced a big result you know, I'm kind of like, oh, maybe it's just not what I'm good at and move to something else. But um, 
I'll get to it eventually. I think partly I needed some space in between me and those those memories because there's a lot of just I don't know, just a lot of feels. A lot of feels in those time capsules. I'll get back to them at some day. And uh, we'll finish that series. We'll get those we'll get those journals out there. <laughs> Spidey Sense says, How did you ever maintain a friendship with DC? He loves pro wrestling. I just I people avoid me because I tell them how I feel about it right away and they just stay away. <laughs> right? They just they know I'm gonna ruin it and I'm gonna shit on it or whatever. But they start talking about pro wrestling, whatever. Oh, yeah, it's really gay. That's off. That's awful. <laughs> you have a vagina. You have a vagina for for enjoying that. <laughs> Not a fan. Not a fan. But it doesn't mean I, I don't have to like you as a person. I just I don't like it. I think it's very. I think it's very feminine. I think it takes away from real sports. Like why? Why do you want fake stuff? Why do you want to watch fake? Oh, well, he did this thing, and yeah, he did a bunch of fake acting garbage. Like, okay, I'll watch a movie, but even then, I'm like laughing at the movie. I'm not, I don't know, man. It's just like LARPers, we're going to pretend we're tough guys. <laughs> we're going to pretend. Isn't that awesome? Like, I don't get it at all. It makes no sense to me. It makes zero sense. But all right, guys, that's my, that's my time. Kids are back to school tomorrow. And uh, I got workouts. <laughs> got to get in shape. Got a birthday in a couple months, and uh, I want to make sure I, I look good. I'm, I'm super jacked and sexy. The hair is getting. I don't know. I don't know what's going going on. I'm sorry. I'm going the sideburns right now. I wasn't sure what to do. So <sighs> yeah, fitness. Ninja says, yeah, pro wrestling is weird as F. I stopped watching it when I turned 12. I stopped the second I realized it was it was fake. When I went to my first wrestling practice at nine years old, I was like, these guys are liars. What a bunch of little bitches. These are liars. Pretend ass. Macho, man. You're not macho. You're a phony. I was pissed, man. I was pissed. I went home, I cut all the dicks off the little dolls I had, threw them in the back of the closet. My mom thought I was, had some kind of weirdo and up taking them and throwing them away. I was like, good riddance, man. Forget that stuff. Ha! <laughs> You're like a manly Tim Pool. That's funny. If I was bald, if I was bald on the top and had the hair long on the sides, it's like, this is what you got to do, Tim Pool. Grow the hair on the sides really long and then you'll have everybody fooled. <laughs> oh man I know what you're saying I get it right but you gotta you gotta take this from my point right, right so fitness ninja saying some of the personalities are cool though I can't lie stone cold and the rock I'm saying that if we didn't have that distraction, we could have had more focus on real sport, more, more focus on actual wrestling. Like you, you go to 
<clears throat> other countries go to Dagestan, they'll have 20,000 people watching a wrestling match, <clears throat> right? Like that's, that's big entertainment. Like there's no reason why you can't have big personalities in real sport. And I think that stole from actual fighting. I think it stole from boxing. I think it stole from MMA. And I think it's ruined MMA now because MMA is just emulating uh, a pro wrestling and it's not a real sport. It's, it's uh, pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling with, with real fights. It, they're exhibitions. And it's just, it's, it's a shame. It's gross. It's monopolized and it's a gross, gross situation. I think a lot of that is because of pro wrestling. Pro wrestling was invented by slimy promoters so they could control the money, the belts, and the athletes more. Like it's just the whole the whole industry is built on deception and lies, lying to the consumer to steal money from stupid people. I'm not down with that. All right, guys. I gotta go. I gotta go. Thanks for uh for watching. Um, make sure you guys go to brotherly.tv, right? I'm doing a, a new thing with this, um, this, uh, website app called brotherly TV, brotherly.tv and on brotherly.tv. Um, I've mentioned this before, but they, you're able to ask questions directly to experts. So instead of having to scroll through Instagram, scroll through TikTok to find the creators that you want who are giving information and giving guidance and giving the, the stuff that you are looking for, you can go directly to Brotherly and they'll have the creators there who you can ask questions to directly, right? And uh, you you get you get a short video response that's uh, capped at like three, three minutes. Um, they're developing more tools on the platform. Eventually, they're going to open up a store where you can buy online products from. So I'll be able to take all the stuff that's on Gum Road and offer it over on Brotherly also. So check out Brotherly TV. Um, you'll you'll like it. You'll dig it. I'm having fun with it. Uh, I do like at least two videos a week. I may I may do some more because they're fun. I'm getting some good reactions and uh, good interactions with some people. So having a lot of fun. Um, make sure you uh, make sure you guys check it out. All right. I'll check you guys later.